Something like that. How do you say it again? Last name? <laughs> that was great. That That's was great. It's pretty good? All right. I wouldn't know because Skylar, this is the first time Skylar's played for us this year, which what? begs the question, who is even booking these people, um, which points back to me. So it's my fault. But Skylar, we're glad to have you back. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah. And with members of band Jan and Casey and our own Mark Williams, great start off. Love is the coal that makes this train roll. We are Emmaus Way. We've been captivated by the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we're here tonight to catch glimpses of that and try and take it into our life through the week. Uh, one thing we do as part of that is invite our kids into that story every week, and so when they're not in here with us at the beginning, they go off to learn more about the Christian life and spiritual formation, and they always lead us in a song before they do that. So, Joel, why don't you lead us? There's gestures too if you don't know the words of the melody yet. So it's very simple. Holy Spirit, come, make my eyes to see, make my ears to hear, make my mouth to sing, make my Thanks, Joel. Thanks, kids. Off they go. So, if you're relatively new to our community, um, this is a time when we sort of just throw out some things that are happening. One thing we always want to say this time of year, a lot of new folks showing up, academic year starting, that sort of thing. There's always some information out on the front uh, foyer table over there where you got your bulletin, we have a yellow card. That's a chance for you to give us your information, get on one of our listservs to keep updated with what's going on in our community. It's also a green card out there that gives you just some basic email addresses, gets you to our website, that sort of thing. Um, and then there's a metallic bowl out there that if this is a community and you want to invest in a Way financially, you can do that there. You could also do that on our website. And just in general, we kind of try to be an open community, so if you're new to us and want to know something, find myself, find Molly, find Mark, find somebody, and say, what in the world are you guys doing? And I think you'll find a friendly face with something to say about all of that. Um, Announcement-wise, I didn't have anything specific the last I talked to Molly, but we still don't. I don't think so. 
There is on Saturday, I'll be coming out on eWay Social. Um, Greg told me about it. It's a walk for women on Saturday morning. I'll email out details. Um, but it's men can stand alongside, I believe it's around domestic violence and abuse, um, but just a walk for women to be empowered um, and to be supported. So be on the lookout for an email from either Greg or myself about that. It's happening Saturday morning in downtown Durham. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have all those details on the top of my head, but that is something this week. So that's a good example of the rhythm of our community. We have an eWay Social. That's a sort of community social listserv. Um, if you're inspired by something, you're passionate about something, you're going to be doing something and wonder if some mass way people might show up and do it with you. That's a way to do that. And we kind of we look at those community act, interactions through the week as a very substantive part of how we worship together and, and what makes up our community. So, yeah, this is only a very small instantiation of what we're up to together. If we don't have anything else specific, I think I'm going to invite Skylar back very speedily. Um, and while, while the Skylar and band are coming back, just to say that since we've last seen her, Skylar's released an album called Oleander. It's a fine, fine piece of work. If you haven't had a chance to hear her playing it in the community or checking it out, I would highly recommend it to you. Last song of the evening is from that, but didn't want to get away without repping Skylar's good work. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Ben. So this is an Otis Redding tune. And you should sing along or dance or whatever you feel moved to do.
Thanks so much, Skylar and band. I know I, I guess it's the feminist in me, but I always love when we have wonderful, talented female musicians in our space. So glad to have you back, Skylar. Um, so it says passing of the piece, and we are going to get to that. There are two things that are gonna happen before we pass the piece. Um, first, tonight is a bittersweet night for us as a part of our community, Elizabeth and Blair, Elizabeth Cobb and Blair Wilner. Um, they are moving to Charlottesville for Blair to continue his studies in theology. Um, he's a smart one. And um, at UVA, and Elizabeth has been in the community for six years, six to seven years, and she's been our small group coordinator, and just a real light um, within this community. And so what we normally do with folks who are leaving our community that have been a significant part, first, they aren't leaving, they're still a part of us, even in their new location, but we send them off in prayer and with a blessing. So I'm going to open the space um, for anyone who would like to pray for Elizabeth and Blair, give thanks um, for who they are and for where they're going, and then I will close with a blessing for you too. So let us pause and pray. God, hear our prayers for Elizabeth and Blair as they leave this place and begin a new chapter of life. Thank you so much for Elizabeth. You made her, and thank you that she has been part of us. We're so thankful for many different ways that she has served so faithfully the past years she's been with us and we pray for both of them that they would find um, sweet community in Charlottesville people who encourage them and challenge them um, we pray that they be able to experience your presence and transition For Elizabeth's heart for justice and mercy. Uh, being in school with her, the school of social work at UNC was a real joy for me. Um, I pray that you would uh, inspire us to continue the works of uh, justice that she, that she lives out every day in her job. Um, pray that you would give us a spirit of unity um, as we seek to enact the justice that she lives out every day. is my blessing, our community's blessing for you. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you. May Christ guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May Christ bring you joy at the wonders he has shown you and will show you. May Christ bring you home rejo rejoicing once again into our doors. Know that you are loved by this community, and you will be loved always, and the love of Christ goes with you. 
Thanks be to God. Amen. So, this summer, I really love Emmaus Way for lots of reasons. Um, as the new Wednesday actually marks being in Durham for a year, hard to believe. Um, but I love Emmaus Way for lots of reasons, but one of them is in the summer series, you kind of give Tim and I a break from being on the stool um, every week, which is wonderful. And I think it shows how Emmaus Way is really focused on community and the stories of community, and not just the two people who were pastor of this community. And so we began this summer by noting that we were going to share our stories, our generous orthodoxies of becoming, and name that in doing so, all of us admit in some ways that we walk with a limp, whatever that limp may be. And so this summer, we've heard, valued, and learned from our diversity within the community, And in so doing, we not only named the diversity within this community, but named and celebrated what comes from being a community that embodies a generous orthodoxy. There isn't just one way of being, one way of thinking. We're really at Emmaus Way, a myriad mosaic of story. We have intentionally lived into spaces that are not narrow or controlling, but embody humility and transparency. We each in our own ways, and through the stories we've heard, engaged in this communal process of thinking about why I am a blank. And tonight we want to do that a bit more, for we know in this summer series we had nine weeks of shared story. Nine persons got up on the stool and spoke out of their narrative. And we engaged it, but it was still primarily centered around the person on the stool. And our community is greater than these nine. And we want to honor that, celebrate that, share that through a community art piece. Don't freak out. I promise it's only writing this time. I know some, (laughs) you don't, I have one person who says, oh, art, oh my gosh. We all can write, hopefully. So it's only writing this time. And during this extended passing of the piece, you will see behind you a large chalk board. Um, It's going to become our mural. And what we're wanting you to do is to come write, draw if you are so inclined, and reflect on I am a fill in the blank. Whatever you are, whoever you are, whatever you bring, put it on the chalkboard. If you're a first-timer to Emmaus Way, if you have been with us for years, if you're a musician, if you're an artist, if you sit in the back and don't always speak in dialogue but are soaking up everything you hear, come write on this art piece. Perhaps you're an evangelical, a fundamentalist, a process theologian, a student of prosperity gospel, a reformer, a contemplative, a non-Christian musician, a believer in consensus, or a churchgoer. Perhaps you're a mother, a son, an only child, a believer in community, a recovering perfectionist, a believer in beauty, or broken, but becoming and trusting more and more each day. Whatever you are, whatever you bring to Emmaus Way, we want to acknowledge it, celebrate it, and grow from it. So come, pass the peace in an extended time of passing the peace, eat snacks, get water, share story, be in relationship with one another, and create our art piece for us to celebrate the diversity and beauty of our community. Um, We will pass the piece probably for about 15 minutes. Um, We think like six-ish people could fit around the art piece at a time, six to eight. Um, So come create the art, be in relationship with one another as we celebrate the summer um, and why we are. So come. And side note, you might have to shake the chalk pens really hard to get the ink to come to the bottom. (laughs) We were really trying, but don't be discouraged. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. All right, so let us pass the piece. So 
you would, if a few more people want to write and create our community art piece, feel free. Um, but we will gather back in the middle. Um, and I saw some of you, everyone, it was kind of interesting to watch everyone sort of standing in a semicircle, a safe distance away from the big mural. Like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to write what I'm going to write. Um, feel free after um, our table, after the open table, to go and write on the art piece. Um, if you have children, please, once they are back in with us, create with them um, on the community art piece, too. But thank you for engaging in the art and being with one another in an extended time of passing the piece. <coughs> I want to open up, though, as people are gathering back. Does anyone want to share, or would anyone be brave enough um, to share what they wrote or reflected on, what they're going to write? Who wants to fill in and share, I am a, and maybe why you put that? Any takers? I am a, or an, to be grammatically correct. I like that someone added an in. I did as I was doing it. I was like, oh, should I add an in in parentheses? I failed. Yes. A giver of second chances. A giver of second chances. Even when others, or a giver of the benefit of the doubt, even when others don't do that for me. Because one thing that, especially now that I'm thinking about, you know, That we can be a people who offer the benefit of the doubt so that we can be our true selves. Thanks, Sarah. Who else? What else did folks write? Yeah, Stephanie. So I really have enjoyed this series and everybody saying who they are. Um, and like every time somebody shares I am something, I'm like, know what I am. <laughs> so um, I just put I'm a spiritual seeker. I'm still searching for who I am. Um, I love that. I am a spiritual seeker. Thanks. And I know that we have loved your spirit and your willingness to seek and discern in this community since you've been a part of it. It's enriched our community for sure. So thanks. Who else? Yes, Joy. I'm going to write. I am a lover of community living. A lover of community living. And why is that? Um, I've always wanted to try it, and I did it for six years, and I loved it. And um, I, I felt like God moved me out of that for right now, but I just love the whole idea. And every time I come across something about that, or I just go, yes, that makes so much sense, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. I love that. And I know that you bring to community a hospitable spirit and openness um, where you really live into that for others at Emmaus Way. So I think you still brought that communal living here. Thanks, Joy. One or two more. I am a... I could call you out and start reading off the art project, but I won't do that. I will not do that. I wrote, I'm a holder of hearts, and I don't mean that, that that's a unique thing. I'm sure everyone holds hearts, um, but professionally, I listen a lot. And um, I think it's come to my attention recently that it's not it's not a common thing to hear hard stories, to be able to hear hard stories. So for those who can hear hard stories and be okay with it, I think that's a gift from God, and that's why I put that up for you. Thanks so much, Sally. Thanks for holding hearts. Any others? Yes, Rachel. Um, I put that I'm an agitator and a nurturer because mm-hmm. um, I do agitate. Um, and but it, I mean I don't do it. I don't do it intentionally. I, I do it to survive in mm-hmm. a sense. But and I also um, put nurture because. 
I think about like all the things that I want to do and they are all connected to nurturing, mm -hmm. like being a clergy person in the future or like uh, being like a permaculturalist in the future. They're both like nurturing. Thanks. That's kind of right. Like you need, we need both. And it's beautiful, right, if somebody can embody both agitation and nurture and know when to engage one or engage the other more. So thanks for that. I really like that. Thank you for participating, um, for thinking about it, for writing later if you didn't get the chance. We wanted to engage in this art project really as a celebration and just to wrap up our summer series. But it's really hard when thinking, how do you tie a bow on a series, Why I Am, and hearing stories and transparency um, that have been so profound, I think, for a lot of us this summer. Um, and so rather, it's not, I kind of am thinking of tonight, not as, not as like wrapping up, um, but like we're about to enter into a next chapter, I think, for our community of taking this summer series and hearing these stories and realizing that we all have beautiful things to offer to this community? Um, and what does that mean for our community going forward? And so tonight, we're gonna reflect on that. I'm about to talk for a few minutes, but I have about five minutes written, and the rest is you all. So you all are really, I'm, I call myself, I told James, I'm the bearer of questions tonight, I think, um, for all of us to think about um, story and narrative and the diversity of the narratives within this space, and what does that mean for community, and where is the spirit of God moving in that? Um, and as I was thinking about this in this sacred space created through the sharing of stories this summer, our limps, our joys, our sorrows, our triumphs, our solidarity, our vulnerability, as Christine talked about last week, I cannot help but ponder and think on the all too familiar, perhaps familiar for some passage found in 1 Corinthians 12, um, which is printed in our bulletin tonight. And a caveat is I really hated this scripture passage growing up. Um, I was really critical of scripture as a child. may not be surprising. Um, but I really, I didn't, there was tension for me in it because the church would always talk about this passage we're about to read. And I'd hear a lot of sermons about it. But in churches and in campus ministries and spaces in which I found myself, we really kind of wanted everybody to be the same body part that we were. Um, yeah, so we're going to read this, and I'm going to reflect on it a moment, um, and then we'll start sharing and reflecting more about the summer. So who would read for me 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27? Great, thanks so much. Um, for just as the body is one and has many members... And all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as God chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater, greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Thanks so much. And so for the first time today when this passage, kind of this weekend when it came to me, at least for the first time in a long time, 
I realized that this scripture text no longer seemed quite as trite to me and not just full of pithy sayings that I heard growing up about being a part of the body of Christ um, and hearing that diversity matters, but people didn't really think that was true. But rather, Emmaus Way this summer, um, and I think even before this summer, has embodied and celebrated the, the diversity of the body of Christ. This community are individual narratives that create a beautiful, forceful diversity that matters. And I don't think a lot of churches are doing that. What a sacred space and gift that we have and we can be a people who celebrate diversity. We cannot say that we have no need for one another, and we cannot say we may always be comfortable with the different members of the body. But rather, this summer, we have not let our uncomfortability rule, but lived into the cultivation of love and great care for one another through hearing, naming, and sharing of story, and realizing each story, each person, impacts us as a part of the body for the better. And for me, I think what's so profound, too, is that we haven't run away from whatever part of the body we make up, right? I think there are portions of our body, per se, portions of our story for those who have shared this summer, for those who have written boldly on our community art project, where we want, we want to dismiss parts of our narratives, right? It's kind of like Ben. I think about Ben, um, and when he shared why I'm a fundamentalist, and realizing no matter how badly he wanted in some ways to dismiss that part of your identity, you couldn't, because if you were to dismiss it, you were being inauthentic to who you are and who you've become. And I, and I like that. And I like that this summer, we have willingly and boldly gone into space where we're being honest with ourselves and not dismissing parts of our stories, perhaps limps or things that we're uncomfortable with. And we've created space for others to walk into that and help us through it. And so for me, this passage, I think now when I read it, I'm always going to think about why I am A and think about this community and what we have done together this summer. We must see that it is in the wrestling with, the processing, deconstructing, and then reconstructing our own narratives in safe space and community that new life perspective and deeper understanding of who we are and why we are surface. And for me, that's what has happened this summer in the authentic sharing of story, new life and perspective for a deeper understanding of one another has emerged. Now, even more than when we began, an appreciation of this diversity, of this body, a celebration of all the components of who we are as Emmaus Way, as people captivated by the gospel, is present. And for me, when I'm thinking about this series, that is what gives me great hope for what is next. That we are a community that can be about sharing of story and sharing of safe space, creating safe space, of knowing that all members of the body matter. And we are invited into that together. But I want to hear from you. What has struck you about this summer series? Perhaps if you, like what strikes you perhaps about this passage in connection to the summer series or of this notion of sharing story for those of you who have been gone for the summer or are here for the first time. Um, but yeah, like what, so we're reflecting on the summer and the reading of this passage. Let's do first, what strikes you about this text, this notion of the body and what that means when it is embodied in narrative and story in a faith community. Does that question make sense? Yeah? Okay. So, who wants to share? Sarah. Um, I grew up in an evangelical church, and it was really focused on conformity, and it's really been interesting to come away from that as I've aged, and especially at a mass way, and learning how a faith community can look really different, and different perspectives are all valued and like someone wrote up there I'm an atheist and to be able to go to um, 
to be part of a community that appreciates and um, finds value in all these different thoughts is, I think, really meaningful and freeing. And I, yeah, I, reading this passage um, tonight, as you said, it kind of, I don't know, strikes me in a different way than it has in the past. Thanks. Others? What about this text in this summer series? Where do they intersect for you? Yeah, SK. I was listening to Mark's um, talk today um, on the podcast that Sunday, and I was thinking about how, so Mark's story, um, he was introduced to which moments and people who really identified with the poor. Um, Christians who were centered in their narrative of the poor. And I came out of like a tradition that was more of a praise and worship that um, our musicologist friends can tell me what the proper term is for that, which is sort of a praise and worship. Mm-hmm. And so when I came to Amazing about eight or six or seven years ago, I was totally confused with music for a while because I was like, this is awesome. And I, it was just working on me. I was trying to process. But I realized that Mark, music that you have brought opened up this space, like Lucinda Williams Bless, or you know, just opened up this space and it was working on me. And even though I didn't know I needed that body, I needed it. Mm-hmm. And even though, even though I didn't get it at the time, it worked on me, and I, I get it now. And I'm like, I know, I get it. I need you, right? I think your story. That's beautiful. And I think too, right? You've known Mark for a really long time and are dear friends, but it shows even when we think we know someone or know parts of someone's story, there's still often more that we need to hear and to know. Thanks. Others, what struck them about the summer? What are you going to be chewing on for a while? How does it connect or not connect to the text? Yeah, Elizabeth. Um, Something that really struck me about summer series has been um, a really generous posture um, when people would share about, you know, just using the analogy that's in this passage, when people would share, I'm a hand and I'm not an eye, you know, I grew up with eyes and that's not, I don't get that anymore, that's not who I am. They didn't disparage the eyes, They, they were generous and that means that I'm more free to be something different than what they're describing. Um, that hasn't always been the case, I don't think. And um, I feel like even if I didn't identify with a group that was being disparaged, I felt less free to be who I was if people were being hard on others. And so um, that has really been encouraging to to hear folks um, describe traditions or attitudes or whatever that are different than their own, but being generous to those others has been a generous spirit. Yeah. Thanks. Others. Yeah, Luke. Yeah, I, I learned something about the about vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this like common theme of vulnerability that I'm so used to being in places where when somebody stands up in the front of all the people, they tell an awesome story of you know how awesome they are, how awesome they are that they're building, and um, and at, like I, I'm thinking about about Jen's story um, as, as one of those ones where it's like man. Like, here, here's a guy who has an amazing um, victory story to tell if he chooses to tell it. But he instead chooses to, to tell the story um, that, is, that is just overflowing with vulnerability. Totally. Really, I That is one thing. Um, James and I were talking this afternoon, and for him, he said, which is true. He said, Molly, I've been struck most that we're in a community of vulnerability. And the vulnerability is something not to run away from. Um, and 
he was just, I mean, he's in law school, right? So you were, you were not supposed to show your vulnerability there whatsoever, but that this is a space and a people um, with which he can fully be himself and vulnerable. Um, and I was, yeah, thankful for that, that he, he too recognized that and was moved by that this summer. Who else? What struck them, Brian? So, some people have mentioned some of the things that I'm mentioning already, but um, I've been involved with churches for the past like 12 years, like evangelical charismatic churches. And I would say it's debatable whether they're like cult in like the like, sense that everyone uses, the common sense, but I would say they were definitely like a cult of personality or a cult of destiny. There was something that when you walked into the room, you would be swallowed up by this thing greater than yourself that was so powerful, it was so awesome. And you would leave your identity behind and become part of this like mass of either fans of the of the demagogue or whatever it is, whatever the word is. Or like, you know, you would surrender your your values in order to take on the values of the group. And I feel like the maze way is a place where people kind of arrive um, with themselves and they interact with each other and that's what we do like it's not like this overwhelming thing and so there's a humility to it and a humanity to it that I wasn't used to and even the music like as SK shared like it's not gonna like take over your mind and like like, brainwash you it's gonna (laughs) <laughs> but it's going to bring out your story and who you are and it's going to cause a conversation that's what the maze way has been defined as for me it's a conversation between people sharing their real selves with each other and it just reminds me of that scripture that Jesus says where he says where two or three are gathered and there are him thanks Brian that's beautiful the maze way is a place where we bring our, bring our humility and our humanity I think that's been very true this summer. So I have, as we're, what is a hope? As we're coming off of this series that has been, touched many of us deeply, and and I think that we all are changed by hearing story, right? How can you not be changed once you've heard someone's story and a piece of their narrative and more clearly see their humanity? Um, What is a hope for you or for our community as we are transitioning still into being a people of story and shared narrative, but not as, not in as formal of a way. But like, what do you hope we will take, you will take from this summer into the fall as we continue to be in this way? Any thoughts? Here to take some of that back to 
wherever they're worshiping. I think the world is, we're in a post-Christian era in America. I'm having left and departed from a, a very legalistic upbringing that's been very difficult for our family, being in so many different places in our journey of trying to unlearn first, just to have a clean slate to learn. Yeah, so my hope is that the advanced way can be a pioneer church for other churches to follow. Mm-hmm. The, John, the John 17 community, right? mm-hmm. that we would be one as I am in you, Father, so that the world will be. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. Thank you, thank you. That we are Emmaus Way. Um, we are a unique community um, and church that we hold space, that all are welcome, no matter where they are on their journey, belief, unbelief, um, sexual orientation, all are welcome. Um, And I think, kind of joke, my friends joke with me and say, since you've come to Emmaus Way, you're like an evangelist for Emmaus Way. <laughs> like, but it's really, I just get so dang happy about where I am a pastor and the type of community we are and that we create space for people to bring their humility and their humanity and their questions and their diversity, their whole selves to this space and know that they are beloved and they are welcome and that is enough. Um, so my hope is that we will continue to be a people where that is always true. And I think that we will. Thank you for sharing tonight. Um, continue to share story with one another over coffee, over a beer, in this space. Um, let us not just have this be a series that ends but we're entering into a continuation of a really transformative time. So thanks, Skylar and Band, if you would come and lead us in our confession and absolution. Look at me Who am I supposed to be? Who am I supposed to be? Look at me Who am I supposed to be? Who am I supposed to be? Look at me Who am I? 
Nobody knows but me. Nobody knows but me. Who am I? Nobody else can see. Just you and me. Who? Before we play this last song, I want to say thanks to Mark Williams for stepping up. And uh, I think I texted him about two hours before the the service started. So thanks to Mark for accepting me as I am, being the last person, last minute person. And with a baby on the way, no less.
Thank you, Skylar, for a beautiful, beautiful song. That song is as good an argument as I can come up with for why we bring in artists to our space every week. They bring beautiful things with them, so thank you. It's the time of the year for new folks all over the Triangle in a Mace way as well. Um, and one thing I'm always struck with as I meet new folks at a Mace way that have managed to find our unique Sometimes hard to find community. It's off the side street. We meet there once a week. There's a side door. You go around. <laughs> once you get here, often, um, it seems like the question, what brings you to Emmaus Way, is more complicated um, just below the surface. There are simple answers, to be sure. The website, a friend said, so you should check it out. But many of us, the journeys that lead us to this community are winding and complex. And we've seen or walked through some messier, or perhaps less than rosy sides of church or faith. We've been dealt a set of circumstances, perhaps, or a collection of influences that aren't easy to reconcile. Dual tradition couples, evolutionary biologists. Emily's not here this week. but uh, We felt or sensed, perhaps, a brief glimpse of something beautiful that might be possible... Um, but it still seems unlikely. Our techno-futurists, our social justice activists, our church dreamers. Maybe we've tried some things that just didn't work, and we've come away with some bruises or gaping wounds in the process, and perhaps interactions with people of faith, who, however well-meaning they may have been, gave us the message, implicit or explicit, that our gender, our theology, our politics, our emotions, our sexuality, or our mind, or our disability, or even our very body weren't good enough or weren't welcome in a church, maybe anywhere. And so in a community like ours, it's felt really right to fill our summer series with a collection of complicated answers to really simple questions. I mean, what am I? Why am I that thing? How does a person like that get here? These are simple questions. And they're hard questions. They ask us to make sense of things that on the surface don't make a lot of sense. They ask us to be vulnerable about things that hurt. And they ask us to be honest about things we would rather hide or rather forget. And that kind of storytelling is beautiful work and it's faithful work. And a community that creates that kind of space is a beautiful and faithful community. And I'm glad to be a part of it. And I'm glad you're here with me as a part of it. But as it often seems to be the case, those simple and hard questions that underlie the individual stories we've heard this summer, um, they spark equally simple, perhaps even harder questions about who we're called to be together. And in tonight's confession, we see that framed out perfectly. Who am I supposed to be becomes what am I supposed to do becomes what can I do for you? And who am I can't help but beg the question, who are we? All simple questions, even painfully simple. Because here I am, with you. Now what does that mean? Can you please just look at me? 
Can you see me? Now what are you going to do about it? Now that you've seen me. So we're going to follow these harder questions into the fall and build our dialogue each week around trying to recognize or reshape who we are together as a community to think about who we purposefully aren't, who we definitely are, what we could become together, what's truly distinctive about Emmaus Way, what does living into that mean, and what does it ask of us, all the what I am's or why I am's that make up our body. But as we try and sharpen that understanding and act into those questions, one thing that's clear is that we don't really need to go that far to get a better glimpse of who we're called to be together and how to practice that calling because we cast and live out that vision together each week at our open table. We have these table values that are very clear to us. We talk about them all the time. This is not a closed entry table. There is nothing that you can do that bars you from entry here. There's no priestly function. There's no specific person you have to talk to to receive communion at our table. You just have to find another co-minister who's going to share with you. And it models these values, this notion that there is no such thing as scarcity at this table. There is enough for everybody. Abundance is the thing. There's no such thing as individualism. You can't serve yourself, but at the same time, when you come as an individual, you find an implicit community that's open and welcome to you. There is no rejection at this table. There is only welcome at this table. And we've heard some beautiful re-articulations of that vision this summer. We've heard Christine's solidarity and vulnerability. Wendy's Ubuntu, I am because we are from the South African tradition. A beautiful song that we can all sing together, or even a place to practice freedom. Freedom in painful solidarity with all those who are still not free. And perhaps tonight, to borrow Skyler's lovely words, a place to be together with each other in the darkness. To carry each other's burdens for a while in spite of the selfishness and impatience that we bring with us. Because there is no other way And no better place to see and experience and grapple with and be joyfully overwhelmed by wild things. The kind of wild things that make up the gritty stuff of our complicated stories and collide with each other in ways that make us deeply uncomfortable. And that give the lie to the tame and the pale and the empty notions of who we can be and how we can live together that we see all around us in abundance. They are indeed pale and empty and tame. But this is a wild table. It's a table that's vested in a story of God entering a suffering world, God becoming fully human and suffering with us, God reordering our notions of what power, success, and beauty can be, inaugurating wild, upside-down worlds where we cannot say to each other, we have no need of you. Where the weaker becomes indispensable, where the less honorable becomes clothed in honor, where the less respectable deserves greater respect. And I invite and I implore each of us to continue finding ever more ways to articulate the beautiful practice and promise of this table as we've been doing this summer. Let's entwine it with our individual stories. Let's let the unlikely truth of it bind us together in surprising ways. Let's let it inspire new ways of living together as a community and guide us into risky actions in that end. But tonight, I invite you to a simple practice that reflects the fondest hopes of our life together as Emmaus Way. Come to this table, share bread with each other, saying the body of Christ broken for you. Share wine or juice with each other, saying the blood of Christ shed for you. And be present to each other and all the stories in our midst and the mysterious becoming of our community's life together and God's presence with us. That's the table I welcome you to tonight. Please join us.